Welcome to Coos's Corner, a platform for passionate, unscripted discussions with my guests to entertain and inspire you. Let's get into this episode. So here we are with our uh, first discussion of January 2021. Um, first of all, Happy New Year, Christian. Yeah, Happy New Year to you, man. Happy New Year, Thanks. Mark. Thanks. So, uh, did you get up to any celebrations yesterday? or? Uh, uh, I hung out with uh, dinner with my parents and my aunt and uncle here, and then I went to my cousin's house, and we just hung out for a bit and, you know, got excited for the upcoming year, but yeah. nothing crazy. What about yourself? Um, just, uh, my friend has like an outdoor, um, fire pit in like a kind of not a garage, but like a carport, like shed. Yeah. Uh, so just went there and kind of sat by the fire. Um, so that was pretty nice. Um, but new year's, it's an interesting day. Eh? I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting. Why do you think it's interesting? Like it's, it's a big reset for everyone. Um, which it kind of goes into what we're probably going to talk about. Um, and kind of like hoping to improve for the next year and stuff like that. Um, I think it's, I think it's interesting because I was thinking about this earlier today. Really, there's no difference between January, like December 31st, January 1st, or August 31st in October, you know, whatever. There's no, there's no real difference, but in our mind, because there's that transition to the new year, there's a very clear line. And whenever there's a clear line, it's like an opportunity to make a, a conscious change or a decision. Yeah, the like when things are vague, like then you're like, mm, I'll figure it out. You know what I mean? So it is that, it is that opportunity for a reset, I think, because it's, it's got that clear line. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like when it comes to a year, like it is a decent amount of time and people will like end up going off different routines and also it's after a period of spending time um with your family and friends with your family hopefully or friends whether if you're not spending with your family um or even if you're spending it like alone like it's a pretty big reflection point um, mm-hmm. just because it's towards the end of the year and then once the new year comes like it's just people are setting goals right yeah it's a, it's good to have that opportunity to like give yourself the time specifically to reflect as well like i don't know if you did you reflect at all in the new year in any way shape or form or just thinking about it i did a bit just because i keep a journal um did you go over it reading old po- reading stuff that you wrote or do you write about just like a summary i, I just wrote um kind of like the highlights of my year Man, do you mind uh could you share some of them yeah yeah we can go over our i was actually thinking we could go over our highlights and, and low points if you want to discuss your low points yeah sure um for me i have to say i don't really focus on the low points and um, like i tend to move on pretty pretty quickly um with things and honestly i know like 2020 has been a, a big struggle for a lot of people um but for me there there weren't many low points um but my highlights um in january i helped organize the montreal east summit on sustainable business which was a conference with um the sustainability committee i was on at concordia we partnered with the mcgill and um i should say 
sustainability committees as well to run a conference for 500 people. So what does a conference involve? Is that where you had like different people who work in the industry involved in sustainability come and speak to a bunch of students essentially? Exactly. Yeah. We had some panels, some workshops, uh, like some keynote speakers. How was that? Did you get inspired? For sure. Um, it was pretty like, being at the conference, like I had been working on it with the group for eight months at that yeah. point, and to finally like see it happen and come and come and go um, was pretty nice. And it's almost like you're building something because you actually see the results of what you're doing, which is nice. Yeah, and you like I started from when it was like just an idea, and um, so it was cool to see that. Um, so that was one of the, my highlights for sure. Um, just something I was proud of. Um, then I would say in February, I went out to Vancouver and Victoria right before kind of the like COVID started in Canada. Um, this time being out West. So that was pretty cool. Um, got to visit uh, friends out there. Um, and then with the lockdown, um, came back to Ottawa, got to live with my family and, and my friends who were back in Ottawa as well. And probably an opportunity that wouldn't have come around if the lockdown didn't happen. Do you get anything out of spending more time at home with your family and stuff like that? For sure. Uh, Other than family time, like did, did anything come out of that? You guys get closer, you're already close. I'd say we were already close, but like it, in my family, my parents travel a lot for work. Um, so this was probably the longest period we've gone of all like being at the house for like one period of time. Yeah, because your, your mom and dad are out a lot too, right? Traveling all over yeah. for their jobs. Exactly, especially my mom these days, she's traveling more than my dad. Yeah. Um, like, you, you like, you had a pretty uh, interesting like childhood growing up living in a bunch of different places, didn't you? Or was it only England say, and Ottawa? So I, I was born- Not only, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I was born in South Africa, but we lived in Mozambique. Um, my, uh, my parents lived in Mozambique for over 10 years. Um, but for me, I left Mozambique when I was four years old. Okay. Uh, so I don't remember tons. Uh, of Have you been back since? Been back when I was like seven or eight. Um, and that was the last time. So for me, it's a lot of recreated memories. Would you ever go back on like, because oh, you yeah. there? Yeah, I would definitely want to go back. Um, and then, then went to England from five to 10 years old or four to 10, four to nine, whatever. Um, and that was like, I remember a lot about that. And then moved to Canada because our parents wanted us to grow up in Canada. Um, Were but, they from Canada? They're, they're Canadian. Yeah, Canadian. Both my parents are Canadian. So that's why they wanted us to stay. But yeah. Um, so they're traveling a lot for work. Like both of them were in Africa in the first place because they're in the international development field. Yeah. And, so my mom is usually traveling and um, she'll go on trips for like two to three weeks or, or a week or whatever. Mm -hmm. and, but this time, like it was all five of us back in the house and uh, just hanging out and then uh, spending a lot of time outside. That's the thing I, I think with this year, um, which was a highlight is that uh, instead of just hanging out with friends at one of their places, like in their basement or whatever, we were hanging out outside and i know that like you're still hanging out with the same people but having that different setting and different scenery i think does make a big difference how uh, so i think just honestly getting fresh air and and forcing you to do stuff 
rather than just like sitting around playing and also yeah like there's something about just sitting on a porch and watching people walk by you know that's better than watching with your friends and not really talking you know Um, i feel like this year was a year where you became a lot closer with the people that you're close with Mm -hmm. because uh you could only really see the people you truly cared about Uh, yeah and I think people also had to get to know themselves better. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that was nice. Um, just because I tend to be a person that, that I wouldn't say thrives, but really uh, cherishes more intimate moments. I wouldn't say like, obviously I'm a very social guy, um, but I'm not a social guy when it comes to like big groups. I'm a social person when it comes to one-on-one. Yeah, I gotcha. Like groups of like three or four. That's yeah. my, like my element. And that it was a lot of that this year. Um, so for me, that's why this year was, was pretty good. Nice. And, and then. Well, that's, um, yeah, that's better. That's, I would say also like starting this sports management club at Concordia was also a highlight. Yeah, no. Oh, for sure, man. That's unbelievable. That's an unbelievable thing to do. Just I think kinda... that you got the initiative to start a club out of nothing, like just out of an idea. Did you, did you find it cool to have, to start with something that was just an idea and then see it become a reality and seeing other people like talking about it, like, okay, we need to do this and this and just seeing it become real in other people's worlds. Yeah, I can remember the first time I ever like, shared the idea with someone like i i was on the metro with my buddy adam who helped who was on the club and he he uh helped me start it i said to him i was like hey i want to start this club at concordia where it's kind of a sports agency that helps athletes get sponsorship and helps them with their branding like does this sound crazy yeah and and then he was like oh i think it's a good idea and then we kind of like kept in the back of my mind and that was in september of 2019 Okay. So I left quite a while to like actually like. When did you start? And it out. It happened. Uh, March was when. Twenty twenty. Yeah, March twenty twenty was when it like became approved as a club at Concordia. Mm-hmm. And worked on it throughout the summer a little bit, just not knowing what school was going to be like for the year. Yeah. And uh, and then got into. Set like August and hired a team of 11 people it's when we started recruiting athletes and really like going out. Uh, so for me, like it's kind of a kickstart of, of like a dream career for me, something mm-hmm. I always like had dreams of going into. Like sports management, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Is that still, do you think, is that still the direction you're, although you were saying, are you saying masters and perhaps in, Physiotherapy, not physiotherapy. Like the other the other day, I was thinking about sports psychology. Yeah, and I think I obviously I have expertise, like more expertise in like the athlete branding side, just because I'm a marketing student. Yeah, uh, but I think for me, I don't know if I'll do a master's, but there, I definitely want to do some courses in sports psychology, so that when I do have like, um. Like when I, with the relationships with the athletes I work with, I'll have a better understanding of what they're going through as athletes because I can kind of understand their behaviors and feelings and thoughts in certain situations. And so I think it would just like, it's also something I'm interested in. 
Um, but I think it would make me more well-rounded. Um, mm -hmm. That's a master's degree or, um, or just taking some courses. I don't know. Taking a master's degree in it would be a pretty big pivot. Um, but we'll see if I'm... If it's, Pivots are fun. Pivots are exactly. fun. We'll see if it's an opportunity I want to take up in the future. You got to talk to, uh, if, so earlier we were talking, just because before we were recording, we were talking about potentially like setting up different calls with uh, different people in the drive file so that you guys can get to know each other a little bit. I think it'd be interesting because you guys are all doing really cool sh things in different sort of areas of life. But if you're talking about pivots, there's a guy in the group, his name on, on Facebook is Thram Hammer Jam, master of pivots, <laughs> master of pivots. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah, you, well, you should talk to him at one point. It's it's interesting, like those types of people, like they they're really good at taking risks. And they're good at doing they're you become really good at lots of different things, which makes and, you really like knowledgeable and, and you and an asset to anyone and to yourself. I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's risks, but like there's still some in, intimidation of like Changing everything up. Changing everything is always scary. Changing anything is scary. <laughs> it can be yeah. scary. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like some people struggle. I wouldn't say this is me at all, but some people would, I'm sure would struggle like changing their, um, their bed sheets. You know what I mean? Picking out new bed sheets. I yeah. feel like this is a bit of a call out, but I feel like Zach would be kind of like that. <laughs> Maybe not to that extent, but you know. What about you, Christian? What, what were your highlights? Those were um, those mm -hmm. the big for me um just kind of like skimming through the, the file in my head that's 2020 the first one that comes to mind the first one that comes to mind it was going to bali that was really interesting i went i left like january 31st 2020 went to bali was there for 10 days stayed in the villa for five or six nights with some friends of mine two couples and then when they left back to australia i was there for another four nights just at a hostel Interest, like, man, it's such a different world. It's, it's insane compared to anything that we're used to in Canada or even in Australia. It's, it feels like complete chaos in comparison. Um, and if you, it, it's not like this, but it feels like there's no rules. And it's just like, like I said, total chaos. But you kind of get into the groove of that, mm, that energy after a little while of just like, you know, you grab a, a Vespa for... I don't know what it was like 40 bucks and you can rent it for the week. And all you got to do is sign a piece of paper and write down a potential address that you're staying at. And then, you know, you rip around that and you swerve through different lanes of traffic and every corner that you go to, there's people yelling at you, getting to you to buy their stuff. And every single item that you buy, the price is always negotiable and they're always trying to like jack it up. So it's uh, it was an interesting, like, I remember walking outside of the villa the one day. The villa was kind of like enclosed, you know, it was our own space. But the second I left, even in the morning, it was like, okay, I got to switch on now. Like I'm in the, I'm in the wild. <laughs> I got to be aware of what's going on. Um, so that was definitely a highlight, just a completely different, different experience there. Um, the second one, specifically, you know that, you see, you see the, the climbing video that Tim made of me? That was a highlight for sure. That was kind of like a, uh, a bit of a milestone for me in terms of climbing. So I love rock climbing. It was a climb that I'd spent, I don't know, like four or five sessions on. So four or five different days we went there and I tried it a couple times. And I kind of wanted, it was a level of difficulty that I had climbed before. 
but this climb had given me a little bit more trouble because the beginning was actually a bit, it was intimidating. There was a specific move where you were sort of holding on to this little pinch of rock and then you've got to clip the rope into a, a point above you. So while you're clipping, that's kind of like what you could consider to be the most, especially when you're low to the ground, the most dangerous part, because if you fall before you get the rope in, then there's more rope between you and your belayer, the person who's controlling the rope at the bottom. So you fall further, right? So you might hit the ground. So it was, I mean, it was just a little scary and I made some stupid mistakes. Like I forgot the, the, the pattern that you needed to do and, and was in a bit of like a bad mindset, but then I was able to calm down and just reel it in and, and get it on my last go, which was awesome. Great, great way to cap off a year and Your last months. go going into it or what did it become your last because you achieved it? Both, like it was my last go going into it. I Maybe I could have okay. done one more, but we were also, we were going to leave and I probably wasn't going to return because I was leaving Australia uh, some days later. So it was kind of like my last attempt while being there. You know, the camera was there. <laughs> a nice little cap off to like your your adventure of climbing in Australia as well. Because that's it, where you kind of got into climbing, right? You, yeah, exactly, exactly. You didn't climb like, much in, in Canada, right? No, just um, three months. Just for three months I started climbing here before I left. Because I kind of, I needed something to do. I was doing a co-op living in Toronto. I needed something to do in the evenings and... I thought I might be climbing more over there for some reason. But yeah, man. Other than that, you know, came home, did online school. That was fun. Did my last two classes. Graduated. I guess that's the highlight. I graduated. Jeez, congrats. Yeah, thanks. I have finished my courses in June. Graduated November 19th, but I still haven't received my diploma. So I don't know what's going on there, Concordia. You better get it because it's an expensive piece of paper. Mm. Exactly. Exactly. It's too bad you can't buy something with it, Nick, but I guess you buy a job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, than that, you know, worked at bartending again, fantastic over the summer. And uh, man, the last four months have been incredible. Since, since I got home in September from working this summer, kind of been looking for work, you know, have the ups and downs of like, oh, I might have a job here. Oh, I didn't get it. Oh, like there's different opportunities. To be honest, I'm glad I didn't get the jobs I didn't get. They were good jobs and stable and would have been interesting. And I'm sure I could have found it to be fun, but I don't think it was something that I was really like excited about or passionate about at all. It was just something to do to feel like, like fitting into society, you know, fitting in society. Yeah. So there's definitely, it's been interesting too. I guess you could say Lowe was feeling that pressure of like, fuck, I'm not working. I'm useless. Like I'm shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's been like, a bit a great incubation period here these last four months of just focusing on me meditating a shit well relative to whatever i'd done beforehand a shitload uh not like yeah once in the morning and then once a night of oh, the last week i have been and then doing yoga every morning and exercising and trying to eat better i did my first fast that was cool thanks to alex goik and yeah man i mean just just a great year great year honestly for me um you touched on it a bit more than I did, but um, we both kind of were talking a bit about how this year was a good year to kind of work on yourself and self-improvement. And if you were lucky enough to like have a leisure too, which I mean, I exactly. was. Exactly. Um, and that's something that both you and I have been talking quite a bit about. Um, 
for me, I would say I really started thinking about like self-improvement when the lockdown started because that was kind of a time to reset kind of like New Year's. Yeah. Has this been something that you've been thinking about for the past few years? Is it something that... Like self-improvement? Yeah. Like, like actually like focusing on it. Like I know we all want to improve, um, but some people get caught up in their everyday life and are just busy people that they don't have much time to actually focus on. Okay, these are some goals that I want to set. Mm. Some things that I want to improve. Yeah. I think my self-improvement journey started when I was uh, like properly, uh, to be honest with you, I think I've always had like a bit of a, like a kick for the shit just naturally. Um, like not, I don't know, I have a tendency towards like looking for ways to, you know, better myself constantly, but it really sort of kicked off in second year when I started to listen to Jordan Peterson lectures on YouTube back, I don't know, what, 2016, 2017, that year. Um, and it was all of his lectures about like archetypes and Egyptian religion and the Christianity and uh, different societies, like old, old societies. And I just found that stuff really interesting. The lessons that I got out of that were, were all sort of essentially about like, you know, you got to deal with who you are and like confront yourself and know yourself. But then you've also got to be like, okay, where could I be? Like, what's my, what's my highest potential? Where am, cause you, it was, it was great. I thought it was brilliant stuff. He's like, look, just ask yourself, where could you be doing better? And it's brilliant because you'll give yourself an answer every time. Like you'll, you'll know exactly where you could be doing better and just start there. And so that's, that's where I'd say where it started. And then it's just developed over there for myself for the last couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, um, and it all makes a lot of sense for you. Like with this year, did you set any goals for yourself? For 2021? Yeah, sure. Or I was more talking about 2020. Like, did you set goals for 2020 and then like mm-hmm. through them or did you come, come up a bit short? Um, Kind of how how was your experience mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with self improvement this past year? Well, it was interesting because I I think in twenty twenty I've sort of set more goals in terms of like career, like establishing myself in in a career. But it 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 was funny because while I was in Australia and I got to go back to explain it properly, but while I was in Australia climbing a lot. I had a shift in my mentality. So prior to that, you know, growing up in in North America, I found it's like elementary school, high school, university, job, money, family, you know, and I, that was kind of always ingrained into me, even though I did question it, it was still something I went along with. And when I was in Australia, climbing, I found this like fulfillment I got from climbing. And it really made me put into questions like why I don't even, like, why am I chasing the dollar? You know what I mean? Why do I need to go for that as much? And it actually sort of made me, I'm not sure, I'm not sure if I want to say move away from that, from like, you know, earning a salary, a good, like a high salary, I guess you could say. But it definitely made me like, is this what I need to be happy? 
And the answer is definitely no, but even, but having said that more recently, I've kind of got onto this mindset of having a goal where I want to invest myself into different interests that I already have and that will, you know, spark up as I move through life, but then to do so in a way that I can make a, uh, be financially independent and be able to like share the wealth that I have with, you know, the people around me that I love. So I think that's definitely a goal that I've developed throughout 2020 and that's becoming a little bit more concrete now as I've been able to sort of sort that out. With, uh, with a lot of these goals, do you tend to think like long term or do you try to take it like every day at a time? Mm-hmm. Like for these, for these goals, do you like, I think something every day to achieve that long term goal or are you kind of having that goal in mind and taking it as it comes? I, I think you need both. Like I have a variety of goals. So some goals for like 2021 example are meditate every single day, do yoga every day, do yet do different sort of like climbing specific sort of exercise every single day. Right. And those are specific daily short-term goals. But obviously if I do that every day, it's technically you could say it's a long-term goal, sure, whatever. But then I've also, I've also got, I remember learning this in marketing class, BHAGs, you know, big, hairy, audacious goals. And I think you need to have those as well. So like more long-term things that are big picture, they can be a little bit vague, but something to strive for. And then I think it's great if you can have that sort of umbrella of goals that are those BHAGs, big, hairy, audacious goals. And then look at your daily goal, like activities, your goal for your daily activities, whatever that may be. Like what I just said, it was the yoga, meditation, climbing, writing as well. And then, okay, how do those goals fit in with the big, hairy, audacious goals? Like how are they bringing me there? And I think it's that, that balance and connection between the two. Like, you need to have those crazy ideas, I think, but they don't need to be super, well, maybe they should be more specific. I don't know. I think it's good to have them a little bit more vague because things change. But th- and then also have those smaller goals that you can be like, oh, this is how they could lead there, you know? Sure, for sure. Uh, you and I talk a lot about different resources that we use. Um, mm. What are some of the resources that, that you use for helping you make those links between those daily routines and those daily activities to mm. help you achieve that. Mm. Um, I think I'll get really into a different source of information for specific periods of time. So like I said, you know, it used to be Jordan Peterson. So I like listen to that, that guy speak every single night for about a year and a half, maybe a year, obviously not every single night, but most of the time, especially at university, I was listening to him every night. So I was sort of digesting all that information. And then that was becoming a part of my mindset in my life. And then uh, more recently, I've been adopting a mindset of learning more from this, from a couple sources. One is the Fit Mind podcast and the fit mind meditation app that they've got with that podcast as well. I find it really interesting. Like the stuff that they're talking about is essentially has to do with improving your brain. And they talk to different people in different ways of in which they improve their brains. Like, yeah, that's one of the things I like about the podcast. And um, like, obviously very interested in mental health. Um, yeah. And what I found this year was that I'm more interested in like the mental 
performance side of it rather than mental like therapy. Yeah. Just for where I'm at right now. And, and I find that that podcast is a great resource for helping you like improve. And, and like you said, um, like not take your brain to the next level, but kind of like help you, um, expand your horizons, I'd say. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, it's nice because it brings these two sort of different things together. One being this sort of spiritual, like, like, Ooh, kind of shit. And then the, the science behind that it's, it's bringing like people who have PhDs in neuroscience who are also black belts in, uh, I can't remember the name, some sort of a, a type Judo of or something. Yeah. It was, I can't remember. Anyways, it doesn't matter. And then who are also like heavy meditators and it's, it's an interesting combination. And I think it's an ideal that I want to sort of slowly move towards. And, uh, One of the things that I learned most about, um, about meditation this year was through like some of the resources that you sent me, sent to me with this film podcast, even the Wim Hof method. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because there's so many different types of meditation mm-hmm. that you kind of just got to find what works for you. Mm-hmm. I found is for me, there's kind of two types of meditation that I've really been doing over the past couple of years. I haven't been meditating every day, but like I'll go through phases where I'm meditating every day and then go a couple months without doing it. And then yeah. Into it. Uh, which is something that I want to change. I want to try and like you do it every day or at least almost every day. Um, but from the things that I've seen, there's meditation where you're trying to, for me, it's a lot of like working on focus um, because that's what I want to emphasize. And with that area, there's kind of two ways of going about it. First one is kind of relaxing your mind and getting rid of all those like- Turbulent thoughts. Turbulent thoughts to then be able to focus. And then the other one, which I've been doing more recently through the, like the Wim Hof method is putting your body under stress so that your mind kind of goes into a bit of a survival state to then focus. That's interesting. There's the Wim Hof method. There's also the outside the box breathing technique that I've heard of where you inhale for seven seconds, hold for seven seconds. Mm seconds hold for seven seconds you were telling me about that that's interesting too i should give that a go i haven't tried yeah. that um but the vim hof method one i i find that outside the box one it does put your body in stress but the vim hof one is like dude i intense, like not so intense but like it's, it's just you don't want to do, i don't want to do it before i do it i mean like i'm like Ugh. so basically with the vim hof method um for people that don't know is you breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out like 30 times. And then you hold your breath. You're able to hold your breath for quite a while. Yes. Like, I think I've managed to, so you do that three or four times in a row and you hold your breath each time at the end. 30 times, 30 times, 30 times, but you do that three or four times. So you'll do 30 breaths, 30 breaths, hold, exhale, hold, that's one round and you do it three or four times. Yeah. And you think breathing in and breathing out heavy would be easy. But when you start hitting like 20, 25, you're like, 
you're feeling in your lungs, you're like your legs and feet are tingling. Yeah. Like muscles are sometimes like spazzing and it puts you under like an uncomfortable, uncomfortable position. And then you hold your breath. And honestly, the first time you do it, when I did it for the first time, I was mind blown at how long I was able to hold my breath for. It's crazy. If your mind, as long as your mind doesn't start to think that you need to breathe, I think it, you're fine. Because I've noticed if I don't look at the clock, if I keep my eyes closed, I can go for way longer than if I look at a clock immediately five seconds later. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, you know. So for me, the longest I've done it was the first time I did it. And mm. Two minutes and 22 seconds. Oh, sh- damn. And what I found was I was using one of his timers where he's kind of guiding your meditation. Not that he's like saying, think about this, think about that. It's more, okay, like relax your body, try and slow down your heart rate yeah. at one minute now. Uh, your muscles might be like fat, like palpitating or whatever the word he's is. talking you through it. So it he's like talking you-, you through it and kind of calming you a bit yeah. so yeah. that your mind isn't racing. And then I started using a timer where he's not, guiding it and my time started going down interesting i think part of that and with the timer i would generally close my eyes so i wasn't looking at the clock um and then today was the first day where i kept my eyes open the entire time yeah my time was way below what i usually get it was at like one minute and 20 seconds and usually like with not looking at the time i'm at one minute and 50 seconds yeah that's incredible that's super interesting but like you said it's all about controlling those racing thoughts under intense stress and once you kind of start getting all those thoughts you're done like you you it's almost like you can't stop and that's the challenge of like when you have those thoughts is being able to relax and just like flip the switch to then become calm and become clear and sharp because when you are clear and sharp you do feel like weightless you feel at ease you feel feel better you feel good you feel um less reactive as well like i I find after meditating i feel like you feel in the moment as well yeah you're in the moment and you're also more yeah you're more present in the moment so when something happens around you you can kind of absorb it and then think about it and then react instead of just being like, yeah. 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 Um, so do you do, (laughs) go ahead. You do any of his other, um, I've been doing his cold therapy. I've been showering cold as well. I've been showering cold as well. How have you gone about it? Do you just go straight into the cold shower? I do different things on different days. I haven't been very strict with it. Some days I'll do, it also depends if it's after a workout, but some days I'll do all cold. Some days I'll, more recently I've been doing more cold, warm, cold, or sometimes I'll do warm and then cold, but I always finish on cold. Yeah. And yeah. basically what this cold therapy does gives your body a shock mm-hmm. and also gets your, your heart pumping blood. Gets blood circulation. Yeah. Around to your internal organs. Um, <laughs> So it's really good for your cardiovascular. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I actually did a, did a nice little polar plunge this weekend uh, at my cousin's okay. college. 
Oh, I saw that on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How did it go? Yeah, honestly, it was fun. We um we stabbed a hole in the ice with this big metal spear, essentially. I don't know, like a a pick. And um, it was interesting. We were out there for like twenty minutes, smashing a hole in the ice, and just watching this black, dark, scary-looking water start to bubble up over the ice. And it's just like, oh. Are we really going to go in there? But the worst part was beforehand, honestly. Once we were in the water, I was like, oh, it's not that bad. Because it, it can't be below zero, otherwise it'd be frozen, right? So it's still in the positives, at least underneath. With cold water? Pardon me? I find with cold water, you get that shock. But once that shock kind of goes away, you honestly start to warm up. Yeah. You yeah. feel the cold as much. And... Sometimes if it's freezing, it does burn, but then eventually that burn just becomes numb. Yeah. I don't know how good that is for you, but yeah, no, yeah. It, like, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, but obviously these things are dangerous. Like cold therapy, if, especially doing it in like a freezing lake, if, you're, if you don't have someone watching you or like warm clothes or like a warm area to go into afterwards. Yeah. You want to use some common sense. You want to use exactly. some common sense. Which people exactly. tend to like not, I mean, I've done stupid stuff before, so, but people tend to forget it. There's actually, uh, there's something I wanted to bring up earlier. Um, you're talking about like, you like to, you've been dabbling in different types of meditation. And um, one of the things I just wanted to mention that I like about the FitMind um, meditation app specifically. So there's about three different sections of meditations. The first is mostly has to do with just building up the strength of your attention so your ability to control your attention and a nice analogy that he uses in describing that is you can think of every time that your mind wanders you catch it and you bring it back it's the equivalent of doing like a bicep curl so you've just become a little bit stronger at controlling your attention and over time it's like you don't you shouldn't be upset every time your mind wanders it's like oh shit i'm wandering perfect bring it back become a little bit better Bring it back, become a little bit better. It's a super cool like, analogy. It's a great analogy. It's a great analogy. And then as it progresses into the second and third um, sections, and then after that, it gets like kind of wild. He plays around with introducing the meditator, whoever's listening to the, the meditations, to a bunch of different types of meditations. So there's stuff like glimpse. There's one called no head, where you essentially like feel as if you don't have a head. And... It's trippy. It's crazy stuff. And it's, there's ones where he gets you to meditate on mortality and on death and where you breathe in and each breath you imagine being you're the last breath, breath that you'll ever take. And you sort of think about all of your family and friends being around you with your eyes closed. You're like, okay, this is it. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's cool stuff. It's really cool stuff. That's the thing. Like it's, it's crazy what you can make your mind do. Um, my one friend, he, he's been telling me about this, um, the guy who is the world's strongest man, the mountain guy, his name's the mountain. Yeah. The mountain. Yeah. Or Alex Hall. I think, I don't know. I don't know his real name. I don't know his name. Um, basically like before he goes into compete, he has to put his mind into a state of like emergency almost because he's trying to set the world record for like heaviest lift yeah he needs to like trick himself that like 
his kids are under a car and they're gonna die if he like doesn't lift up this car and just like and then he'll just go and rip the weight that's crazy that's awesome and that's why i think with sports it's a pretty pretty cool thing because like you you really have a goal and really have to put your mind towards it be sharp to execute uh, and you get direct results back right away i think when it comes to like your job yeah you're making results but you're not getting that direct feedback yeah on your performance which makes you it tougher to evaluate where you're at uh, in your career and as like mentally i think you just made me think of something it's kind of i'm not sure how well i'll explain it but i'm just gonna try anyways um i like humans were we're very sort of symbolic creatures, right? Like, I think that's what, personally, I think that's what religion is. It's an attempt to, you know, it's an attempt to s- symbolize how we feel internally and the best way to like live life from that religion's perspective. And a lot of stuff in religion is actually really good, I think. But it's, and it's like a symbolic attempt of explaining this is how you should live, right? And I think sports are great great for that as well like it's very symbolic like think about i don't know hockey for example ice hockey right it's two teams you're working together and the goal is super obvious what to do and the rules are all very obvious and then you like act that out with your body and in life things are a little bit less obvious but you still have a goal you still have people who are working with as you perceive with you and against you and so yeah there's definitely i think a lot to learn from sports and one thing specifically that i've experienced with climbing is trying to access on purpose the flow state before entering a climb and getting into that right mindset you brought you made me think of this when you're talking about the mountain but it's flow really interesting is, trying to just like enter that been, space. the flow state's been my favorite thing i've explored in 2020 that's awesome that's what kind of has gotten me like thinking about wanting to like do some courses in sports psychology was listening to the fit mind podcast on flow states and basically what this flow state is, is like uh, your mind is operating at an optimal level where you're able to execute and make decisions uh, sharp and like effectively. Mm-hmm. And essentially like- And I think also have like full awareness of what's around you, but at the same time being able to like move- Focusing on one thing. Like be on one thing, but still be aware. Like I find if, if for example, if, if I'm climbing and I'm, I'm in the flow state, I'm able to move very casual, like casually and, and through the moves in a, in a efficient way, but I'm still aware of the person below me or like the person that's giving me rope. Like you still, it's like, you don't even need to think about anything because you've got it all. And you, at the same time, I don't know. Anyways. So flow state is kind of the science word for getting in the zone. And I think a lot of people have experienced getting in the zone at some point in their life, whether it be them, them doing art or them competing in a sports activity or even in a work situation where you've got a deadline to meet and you are just writing a paper. Or writing an exam. Yeah, exactly. And with those flow states, like creativity is heightened. Um, as well which is pretty pretty cool and um, you're like I said making decisions well and like for me it's just like 
I knew what this was before, but I didn't know what it was. You didn't have a word for it. Exactly. And, and I feel like for me, uh, especially as an athlete, like I was able to get into flow states very easily. And I think that's what made me a good athlete compared to other people. Mm. I was able to trick into that. Um, but it's really interesting because there's so much science around it as well, that it's not just one. In, a lot of these things with, with mental performance and stuff can be just like behaviors. Um, when you behaviors and feelings and thoughts, but when you do bring in the, the science, I find it makes it even more powerful. Mm. Essentially with flow states, I, it, I think it's called your front, frontal, frontal lobe. Frontal lobe or, or cortex. I don't know. Front. I don't know. We're not experts here, but we, this is how we interpret these things that we're learning. We're trying our best. We're trying our best. The front part of your brain shuts off when you're in a flow state. And mm -hmm. what that does is kind of shutting off your subconscious so that you can focus on the task that you're interesting. Um, and with that, uh, with that state, the flow states, it's one of the most addictive mental states in like in our lives because your mind's not reeling and you're just in the moment completely present yeah so what i've read is that like there's the journey into the flow state then you're in the flow state and then the journey of getting out of the flow state mm -hmm. and while in the flow state people don't have issues because that's when your mind is running working at top speed and working most efficiently um but to get into the flow state, it's tough because there's certain triggers that need to be met. Like there needs to be some sort of calculated risk. There needs to be some sort of challenge involved. There needs to be like a few other factors, but those are the main ones. And then the journey of finishing off your flow state is also um, tough for people because you're still trying to chase what you had before. You're just trying to stay at that peak. Exactly. But your, your brain is getting exhausted because it's working so hard. It's almost like a computer, right? Yeah. Uh, the central processing unit has been going like at such a speed for so long that the fan needs to start going on, like to cool it down. And then like, it just kind of shuts down a little bit. Really interesting. Um, Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, uh, I feel like we should, wrap up the recording soon yeah i'm happy to keep talking but uh i just there's something that you made me think of in when you're talking about flow states in the brain that i've become really interested in recently and i haven't been able to do it yet but is lucid dreaming i don't know if i've mentioned this to you you sent me a podcast okay it's fucking it's insane man it's it's <laughs> it's just a couple of things that it's been found to do it's been proven to be extremely helpful in people with PTSD and recurring nightmares. Um, they found that, or this from this guy's experience in him helping veterans, if they've been able, are able to have one lucid dream during a nightmare of a recurring dream in Vietnam or, or wherever, they've been able to stop those nightmares immediately afterwards. They just never happened again. Um, you're able to practice I mean, almost anything, activities, for example, in your lucid dreams. And your what brain. is lucid dreaming? Just like a basic description of it. Sure. It's essentially just when you're dreaming and then you realize you're dreaming, but then you don't wake up and you're just in your dream and you're like, oh, I can control everything and you can do whatever you want.
<laughs> in your dream. That's essentially like you're just completely asleep, but you know you're dreaming. And um, yeah, so people like you can improve your athletic performance by practicing tasks because the brain when you're asleep doesn't know the difference between being asleep and being awake. It just, it's assuming that you're awake and it's, so all the neurons and everything's firing the same way. There's actually more brain activity while you're lucid dreaming than when you're yeah, just hanging out normally while you're awake. But yeah, so it helps PTSD. You can get better activities. You can overcome your fears. So for example, if you're scared of spiders in your lucid dream, you could make spiders appear because you know you're dreaming, you know you're fine. You could have them walk around on your hands and your body, but your brain will be like, oh, like it's gonna be scary, it's gonna be hard to do, but your brain will be like, oh, I guess we're less scared of spiders now. And over time, you just, your fear will go away. And one other really interesting thing, this is what I kind of like really interests me is that you can kind of speak to your subconscious. So you can yell out a, the guy in the podcast, tell me you can yell out a question at the sky and you'll actually get an answer. You can ask your brain anything really. And it's kind of crazy. Uh, blows my mind a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just stuff that you like a lot of these things is, you don't realize what's actually happening until someone explains it to you. Yeah. And then when someone does, you're like, wow, this is incredible. Mm -hmm. And, and I think for, for myself, it's with flow states and I had that like brain, like, yeah. and for you, it was with the lucid dreaming recently. Yes, definitely. It's, it's definitely something I want to do. There was one other thing that it was really um, helpful for, but I, I can't quite remember what I can't recall at the moment what it was. But it's helpful for moving through trauma as well. It's, I think it's a, a useful tool. We should all sort of, I mean, think about it, dude. If you, imagine you had time while you were asleep to like get better things that you want to get better. at. That's another like seven hours or eight hours every night where you can just improve. What? That's insane. Yeah, it is crazy. Like, and you're right. That's seven or eight hours. Like that's a third of your day where like, must where you're not doing anything yeah be doing something exactly you could be you could be and think about after like eight years of of let's say lucid dreaming on like once or twice a week and de like essentially developing and continuously developing yourself in that time it'd make a huge difference for sure and i think um one thing that comes with this that i think we should do an entire like new episode on um can be disciplined because oh dude great idea great idea great idea that's kind of what all this like is tied into sure like there's lots of great stuff out there but actually putting yourself into action is extremely tough um and there's a lot of things that i say and i never act upon um and that's something that i want to work on and i think that all kind of stems with with self-discipline yeah and um, that's kind of a big topic that we can save for another time. I think, I think um, this connects a little bit to something that I've written about recently. And I, I think I'm going to share it soon or maybe even today I'll edit it over one more time, but it's about change, like how to initiate change, which is related to what we're talking about. But what two of the most disciplined guys I know are in the, that Facebook group. And uh, I was planning on actually setting up a call with them and have a conversation with them sometime in the next week. So we'll see. I'll have a chat with them and then 
maybe we'll set up a talk on discipline with you, me, and them in the next couple of weeks. I think it'd be really interesting and fun. Um, any closing thoughts before we end off the recording? I'm excited for the next one. <laughs> Sweet. That's it. Um, for me, like this is obviously uh, like self-improvement is something I've been focusing on a lot more recently. So definitely new to like all the science and all the different techniques and stuff like that. Um, and it's tough to get started, but just, just get out and do it. Like just, just try. Just try shit. Just try it. Yeah, That's see, it. What, see what works for you. Some stuff's not going to work for you. Yeah. And, and like, find what works for you and, and and don't get upset when it doesn't work because it's not exactly. work right away and whatever you find like you will be glad that you're finally you finally found it and that you're actually um using it because there there are the benefits to what these things do yes it's not just a bunch of mumbo jumbo exactly. it's mumbo jumbo the placebo is fine <laughs> like if the placebo works for you then it's still a positive exactly so yeah, just move forward with, with a positive mind and uh, see where it takes you. That, that's my closing thought. Uh, Christian, it's been an absolute pleasure once again. Yes, and uh, we're hoping to get more of these chats out in 2021. Yes, dude. What do we say? Bi-weekly? Is that what we said? Yeah, I think every two weeks just because uh, I, I don't know if I'll have much more like stuff to talk about in a week i don't know if i consume enough uh, i don't know dude. i don't know we'll see we'll start with two weeks i think we exactly. should go one week though i think we should at some point we'll see how it goes and and whether or not uh we we can do a weekly show uh, we can we can we can i think we can if we just uh discipline ourselves and uh force it down but we'll uh once the ball's rolling once the momentum's there exactly easy the hardest part like we just said yeah just start um, to try it. so this is us taking our first step hopefully we we continue to make these steps um but yeah great first step christian and i love yeah, you too that. awesome man uh bye <laughs> well yeah yeah thank you and that's us sending it off yeah yeah <laughs>